Hey there, True Multifamily listeners, Justin here. Want to make sure you know about our website, truemultifamily.show, where you can stay all up to date, not only on this podcast, but all of our investment opportunities and other projects we have going on. Sign up for our newsletter at truemultifamily.show. See you there. This is True Multifamily, the show where we dive in on what really happens after closing a multifamily property. We're going to expose the role of asset manager. That's a person who has a responsibility of seeing the vision, executing the plan, and managing people, budgets, and timelines, all to deliver returns for our investors. These are the real struggles, the real victories, and the real stories of asset management. Welcome back to another episode of True Multifamily. I'm your host, Justin Fraser, here today with a very special guest from out of the country. So excited to have Edna keep with us. Uh, Edna's from 90 Days to 5K. Edna, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Justin. It's my pleasure. I'm very excited to hear from you. I know that you help investors get to that next level. I want to hear about that. I want to hear some really awesome stories. You have such a great history and, and experience. So uh, before we get to those stories, please give our audience a little bit of a background about you and how you got into from single family into multifamily space. Sure. Uh, Well, you know, I used to be a financial advisor, Justin, for 15 years. And uh, with us, we started dabbling in real estate because one of my clients suggested that I should. He said, you should diversify it because he was coming in to take some money out of his mutual fund account to buy a house. And I'm going, really, you want to do that? (laughs) I didn't understand real estate at all. So we we jumped on board. We took a three-hour class uh, one night with Robert Kiyosaki's group, signed up for uh, three-day class, and then signed up for their uh, year-long mentorship. And we never looked back. Uh, We ended up with 50 doors uh, in 18 months, 5,000 a month in cash flow, about an $800,000 net worth increase in the books, meaning we were working on it because the condo conversion project we were working on. And when we seen we did that in 18 months, you know what? I sold my financial planning practice. I've never owned a mutual fund since. (laughs) It's all real estate. So uh, it's kind of an interesting story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. I have to stop you already because I already have questions because I'm very curious. You know, a lot of people, there's a debate when you're getting into real estate. Should I drop money on a big course or can I just buy a few books or can I listen to you know a few awesome podcasts um give me your your thought process on like what that Kiyosaki course gave you and and do you recommend courses like that for other people um highly recommend uh not not just a course but working with a coach too mm. uh even when as a financial advisor I learned about working with a coach Dan Sullivan was my first coach mm, and uh, as a financial advisor and he took my income like uh, three times uh what I'd been making it before so definitely was was a big coaching fan before so we signed up with the program but we also hired a coach at the same time because we were fearful of everything justin you know we were scared yeah. of tenants and toilets and furnaces and roofs everything like we Been just there. Thinking about everything that could go wrong right yeah. and um and our coach started telling us stories about all the stuff that had went right and it was like well what about this what about that what about this and so she really helped us get past a lot of our fears and uh so education yeah, you can never spend better money. And, you know, I know there's lots of YouTube videos out there. I do them myself. There's lots of 
you know, Facebook lives and books and, and, you know, mini courses and weekend courses and stuff like that. But what I find is if you don't really have a system to follow, you're all over the map and you don't get anything done for, first of all, there's so many ways to invest in real estate. So you have to pick a way, master it, and then you can learn all kinds of things from there. But YouTube really takes you down a whole bunch of rabbit holes. Like they're all, all of our stuff, including my own is designed to get you interested in our stuff so if you're watching youtube videos you're interested in that then you're interested in that you're interested in that you're interested in that and and you're not really studying anything that matters so if you got to be studying a system that's a rinse and repeat as far as i'm as far as i'm concerned because if you're all over the map you're never going to get anywhere. You know, when we started too, we didn't know what to focus on. We were introduced to wholesaling and lease options and property management and land development and asset management and all this stuff. And uh, so nice because we got a great overview, but it wasn't until we focused on multifamily that we really started to see our success. Yeah. I I think focus is, is so, so important. And I, I'm starting to come around on it. I used to be much more against it, but I think that the some of the courses I've seen now um, help. The, the information might be out there. It might be in a dozen books and, a, and, and 50 videos, but if I've got one course that kind of brings everything together and then, like you said, offers a coaching level that maybe helps me bring it to the next level with my specific case, then I, I see a path there. And, that, and I think that makes sense. And if... I tell people who ask me the same question, like if you're missing something and there's a course that can fill in that gap for you, whether it be education or confidence or experience or whatever, um, then get it. Whatever you need to get to get those deals done, go get it. And if it's a course or a partner or a loan or whatever, like figure out what you need and and go get it. And so, so I, I've, recently kind of changed my tune on it. And I think that um, if it can, it can be beneficial to you and you're going to be deliberate about it and you're not just going to buy it and let it sit on the shelf and do nothing with it. Then and unfortunately, do people do that too. You know, they, I, I've had students say, frankly, I thought I'd own a building by now and yet never showed up for any of the training. I go, oh, really? <laughs> <By the most? laughs> like, you can't just swipe your credit card and then yeah, uh, buy, have a building. Right? And magically yeah. It appears. yeah. <laughs> totally get it. Um, okay, let's let's keep moving forward in your story because you you told me that you were getting into single family and then you sort of had an aha moment and said, wait, what what what's multifamily? Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so we we had had early success, bought quite a few houses. We actually ended up partnering with another couple that we met through the course we took and through the coach that we were working with. She'd put on a dinner and we met them. They owned like 20 houses. So we had, we'd started buying with them because they were property managers and could look after a lot of stuff we couldn't. And, uh, and we were thinking we were going to buy 20 more houses. So I sent an assistant out to try to find a, a new realtor for us who could do it for us. And I was having a conversation with him and I said, yeah, Rob, you know what? We want to buy 20 more houses this year. And he said, Edna, why don't you just buy a multifamily? And I went, well, I can't, I don't own enough houses, like automatic, (laughs) just an automatic out of my mouth. Didn't even think about it. And I was wondering afterward that come from, maybe I played Monopoly too much as a kid. (laughs) I think a lot of people think like that. I got to build up, buy a house, buy another house, you know, save my money, let it appreciate, da, da, da. And he said, no, he said, uh, 
why, why don't you consider he's an, a multifamily? Um, and he said, you, your net worth is good. You've got experience with the houses. Uh, he said, it's kind of a natural next progression. And I said, well, tell me more. So I sat and listened and I said, what do, what do you have? What do you have that I could buy? And he said, as a matter of fact, I have a 24 unit here. I'm just going <laughs> to be listing on MLS tomorrow. Wow. And I said, well, what would it take so you don't list it? And he said, full price offer. So before I left his office that day, I wrote a full price offer and a day or two later, we got it accepted and um, we never looked back. You know, he, he was the one that planted the seed too about condo converting it. He told me that he owned apartment buildings and he had friends that owned apartment buildings and what was happening in our area at the time, we were just had an explosion in that population. And so housing was really, rental housing was really limited and, and same with purchase housing, like people just couldn't find anything. So we condo converted that 24 unit building. We bought it. The, uh, the guys were renting it out the, the previous owners for 425 a door market rents at that time were 800 and increasing every day um so we but but they were more scared about losing tenants they didn't yeah. want to increase their rents right uh, and then when we found out about the condo conversion process well um it brought us up over 5,000 month cash flow we were able to you know on, on the books of course it took us a while to sell it out but you know, we knew that if we sold that, we'd have a net worth increase of like 800,000. And, and so all this stuff happened nice. in our first 18 months. And, uh, and that was the point, uh, Justin, where I went, Hey, I'm not going back to be a fine. I'm not going to continue being a financial advisor. I got to change careers here. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you? Wow. Um, okay. Tell, did I miss something? Did you, this guy told you about a 24 unit? And before you left, you made an offer, a full price offer, having not toured the property or been there or like what what sort of information did you base that decision on? And do you recommend that people do that still? Uh, well, he went through some numbers with me on this okay. property. Also, oh, he had and, some some financials for you. Yeah, okay, good. yeah, right there. I was in. I bet you I was in his office at three hours that day. It wasn't okay. planned, Got but it. we just ended up in a conversation. And he showed me some numbers. He showed me the potential. So it was very under rented. It wasn't worth on on paper. It was not worth what they were asking for sure. it based on the rents they were getting. And so we did buy it on potential, but we were in a market where we knew we'd already seen it happening with the houses. We knew it was going to happen. And he'd had experience with it happening too, where we were able to increase the rents, condo convert it and all that sort of stuff. So it was a long conversation that day. And, 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 you know, generally I, I do teach my students like make, make fast action because mm -hmm. you don't find a deal like that every day. And I recognized that right off the go from what he was telling me. And I could see the value immediately. And that's why I said to him before I left his office, what's it going to take to get it under contract before it hits MLS? And he said, full price offer. And I made it because people lots of times want to negotiate up front. Uh, I got to do this. I got to do that. What if the roof's bad? You don't need to know any of that. You've got a longer due diligence period with multifamily than you do with houses. You can't even uh, finance it properly if it doesn't work. So mm. all that stuff has to fall in place. But if you don't have an accepted offer, you're dead in the water. Uh, the next yeah. guy will have an accepted offer. And can, can I give you an experience of one of the students of mine that happened? Please, last I would year? Love, love to hear it. Yeah. 
So this fellow was wanting to buy in Ontario where he lives and uh, an 18-unit apartment building came up for sale. And um, he knew enough to make an offer very quick. So he did 150,000 more than asking. That's what was happening in the market there. And of course, I always tell him, don't worry about the offer. We can negotiate till the day we remove conditions. And so we got the offer and he was happy. But the the guy who got the accepted offer offered 300,000 more than asking. Wow. Yeah. Now, now, so my client out of the, he's done, he's done. He's, he's no longer in the running. Three months later, he found out that that building sold, sold for the exact price he offered. Right. So what was the difference? The guy in the game, because he had it under contract, negotiated it down another 150,000, which is kind of what we figured it was worth in the first place, mm-hmm. you know, because my client wanted to be more real- realistic, even though the number was high. The other guy went to hell with being realistic. I'm just getting it under contract and I'll negotiate. And he did. And I said, you know what? Do they ever come back to you and say, well, hey, the first guy's knocking me down 150,000. I'd rather take your offer. Never, never right. happens. Right. So the first guy got the building, but 150,000 less than, uh, than my student. Wow. Um, you know, that's that I think used to work more and maybe it's very different in Canada. Lately, what we've been seeing is there, there's a price and there's no changing it, no retrading the way the market is in the last, I would say 12 to 18 months, at least what we're experiencing in the, you know, mid-sized multi to, you know, 200 or large multi, I guess, 200 to 300 unit properties. It's like you set that price and there does not matter what you find. Either you're backing out because you found like a big environmental issue or you're buying it for the price that you said. Uh, doesn't matter if you found, you know, a million dollars of roof damage or what, because the the demand is so high right now. Um <laughs> that I, we're not able to, they'll, they'll just put it right back on the market. And, you know, we're selling a property too. And same thing from the seller's perspective is like, take it or leave it. I've got a line of people right behind you that will pay the same or maybe more because the property's gotten even better in the last two months that it's been under contract. Are you seeing a change in that lately? Or well, do you, you, know, do you, does that make sense? Still? Yeah, different areas we're seeing that. Like yeah. uh, I saw people buying great uh, cash flowing properties. I'm from Saskatchewan. And mm-hmm. just yesterday I had a call with one of my students who's looking at a 42 unit in a smaller area. And he said, I'm going to change the name to Saskatchewan. Because <laughs> 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 he said the cash flow was so high. But you know what? It's a smaller community. Uh, like smaller community, 4,200 people. So there's there's different risks involved. We're finding deals, um, at, you know, across Canada, across U.S. We just bought our la- our last personal purchase in Memphis, Tennessee, in March of this year. We mm-hmm. paid twenty one six hundred a door. Wow! And after wow. we'll put in about sixteen thousand a door, and it'll be worth I don't know fifty. It, it, and you know, like you're saying, prices are going up every day. Yeah. So we're the minimum sixty thousand a door after nice. after all done. And we initially. We're projecting 600 a month rent. We're already getting 800 as we're fixing them up and moving new people in. So, um, yeah, we're we're seeing challenges, but also uh, opportunities in different markets. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, lately, I think in the last, I'd say, two months to three, two to four months, 
the rent growth on our properties has been incredible. Um, I guess people with the the mind that the pandemic's ending and there's still some folks that are stuck, you know, I guess coming out of the eviction moratorium and all of a sudden rent growth is just exploding. And um, I, I like to say like, finally, like we paid our dues last year with this eviction moratorium. And so now we're kind of catching up with some higher rents to, to maybe offset some of the uh, six figures or more that we, that we wrote off last year and, in debt yeah. that we're never going to collect, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, how, tell me about, you mentioned you're investing in Memphis, you're in Canada. Um, what does your organization look like? How are you visiting the properties and do you have third-party managers? How, how are you uh, running these deals from Canada? Uh, you know what, again, you have to have a system in place. And we've done this many, many times throughout Canada as well. We work a lot with managing partners because I've usually been mostly on the side of the capital raising personally. Uh, so our man, we have a managing partner from Canada, but he's he's overseeing things. They're part time and they're back here, you know, do a lot with Zoom and FaceTime and everything else nowadays. And, and they've got on the ground people looking after all the day-to-day renovations and maintenance and stuff i mean you have to oversee all that uh doesn't matter if it's a phone call or in person you know these zoom calls like this are like we're in person anyway Absolutely. um and we bought it was highly highly vacant rundown uh and uh so there's a lot of work to be done but still cheaper for us to do that than to try to build a new building mm-hmm. and the you know our our idea is you know uh, we, we concentrate on for workforce housing. Uh, there's going to be less and less people able to afford housing going forward to buy because inflation is, is going crazy. And, you know, um, so, so we like that area of workforce housing, nothing fancy, no pools, no tennis courts, nothing like that. It's just basic housing. And that's where we see the biggest opportunity. We also like to focus on landlord friendly provinces and states because, the idea that some government is going to dictate what my rents are going to be drives me crazy. Mm. Or if I can kick a tenant out that hasn't paid rent for, you know, and, and, yeah. you know, that, that kind of stuff kind of drives me crazy. So we're very careful on where we buy. Got it. Got it. Um, I educate me because I do not know the, did Canada have a similar eviction moratorium like the U S did? And is it still going on if they did? We did, but no, it's over. Uh, It was about March till August was the was the worst. Mm -hmm. And but you know what, Justin, most of our people paid because they got those um, what were they called CCRB checks or something. They were Mm -hmm. getting certain amount of checks. Oh, Canada got like checks every month, right? Yeah, yeah. Very consistent aid and support. Yeah. So, so most of them were able to pay the rent. You know, the ones we had the challenges with, we had some social assistance uh, tenants who got it in their mind because we also got some uh, mortgage deferral if we needed it. They got in their mind that we weren't paying mortgage. They didn't have to pay rent, you know, but it was. The so social we're not going to fix leaks and problems and pests and none of that needs to be taken care of right but what was really sad is they were getting their rent checks yeah and just not giving them to us and yeah. the government in their unknown wisdom allowed that to happen you know so as soon as the moratorium hit man those people were out on the street and, and as landlords we band together would we put somebody like who did that to somebody else no and mm-hmm. and we talk we talk mm-hmm. uh so uh, man, that that was just crazy. But 
the government allowed kind of allowed that to happen. But I will tell you, 95% of our tenants stayed up with their rent. That's great. That's really great. Um, did you see the same thing in the U.S.? Well, you know what? Both of our buildings, just so you know, highly mm-hmm. vacant. We bought 178 units this spring and 82 the spring before. We're still, at, it was highly vacant. lease up. Yeah. yeah. So we're leasing it up and, and we bought it with cash. So we didn't have to worry about paying mortgage and all that. Got kind of it. Cost, Got it. You know, and, okay. and because we are in the renovation and refinance uh, mode. Well, that's that's great. And I know that um, it's been, it was mixed down here in the US. We, we had some struggles in our um, low C class value add properties, you know, with similar mindset. Tenants like, they get the, some of the aid and they say, well, I don't need to pay, give it to you. <laughs> uh, we also had you know, tenants that just would not fill out the applications, but told the judges they did. And then you've got to prove that they didn't. And yeah, it, um, it created a bit of a, a, a hassle, but look, it's all behind us and, and we're, yeah. we're adapting and moving forward. And so uh, now, like I said, we're, we're seeing a lot of rent growth. So I think it's, um, it's karma's way of uh, helping us uh, catch back up on some Challenges of the things always we missed last year. Opportunities don't they? Yeah. You know, Absolutely. and and I always believe, too, that we've got to have a mindset that we just have to get through those challenges to get to the opportunity where I yeah. think people fall down is thinking anywhere in life that they're not going to have challenges. You know what? The, the more we grow, the bigger we get. There's more challenges. There's not less challenges. People think, oh, you have money. It's less challenges, not less challenges, more challenges. And you just got to grow mentally to be able to, to handle them and come out the other side, still a winner. Like how many people crawled into bed during COVID and just went, I'm not even getting up. I can't deal with this. Right. Those, they don't win. They don't no, win. No, you got to see opportunity. I mean, we we made some some big purchases in during COVID and, and they're, they might end up being our best properties yet. So uh, yeah, you got to just keep looking for that opportunity and, and keep, it was hard. I'll tell you the last 12, 18 months of, of, you know, asset managing these, these properties that we have, it's, it's been a challenge, but we hire great managers. We come up with creative solutions and you just keep, keep pushing. Well, what else can we do? How else can we work on this? Talking to other asset managers. Selfishly, this show has been very helpful for me because I get to interview super smart people like you and ask you what I should do. And so that's been really helpful for me through all this as well. And we do the same. We rely on coaches that have more than us, have done more than us, have lived through challenges. You know, if, if I ever ran into a coach that told me they'd never had any challenges, First of all, I probably wouldn't believe them. Mm-hmm. And second of all, I think we haven't gone anywhere in life then either. Right. Because, you right. know, if you haven't have challenges, you're not even growing as a person. Right. So right. Uh, challenges, I think, are, are put in front of us so that we can grow. And so yeah. we can get better. Because uh, like one of my favorite authors and speakers of all time, Jim Rohn, says, um, you know, you, you and I would have to think of the exact quote, but it was basically, don't wish you were. Uh, had less challenged, wish you were better so that you could deal with those mm, challenges. Mm-hmm. So it might not be the exact quote, but kind of the gist of it. Yeah, um, makes sense. Don't, w- don't wish for less challenges, just wish you were better to handle them. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Makes makes a lot of sense. Um, let's transition a little bit because I want to give you the opportunity to tell me about this 90 days to 5k. Um, super catchy and exciting. I would like 90 days for 5k. So tell me a little bit about what that is. And I know that one of your students, Fraser, has a pretty cool story that you wanted to share. So tell tell us about the program and then tell us about what happened. Sure. So, so the premise there, Justin, just to be clear is 
in 90 days, you will understand the strategy that is going to take you to 5,000 months. Most of my students are hitting it between 12 and 18 months. It took us okay. 18 months to hit our first 5,000. But you know what? Once it's coming in, it's recurring. Have you ever played uh, Robert Kiyosaki's game, Cashflow 101? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, Robert's, and this is the thing I loved about his teaching, because as a financial advisor, our goal was to teach people, oh, get a million, two million, five million, and then live off it when you retire. His definition of financial freedom is when your recurring income is more than your day-to-day expenses. I love that. Totally changed my philosophy after that. And so in, in the game, when you're in the rat race, you're going around, you buy a house, you get a hundred bucks a month. And you buy another house, you get a hundred bucks a month. And then you sell a stock card and you get a few thousand dollars. So you can buy another house and, you know, different stuff like that happens. But when life really starts to happen is when you get out of the rat race, you get, you get all your day-to-day expenses covered. You flip that board and the board is like the one that you're tracking your income on. All of a sudden there's, oh, there's one deal that'll pay me 5,000. Oh, there's another deal that'll pay me 6,000. Oh, there's another deal that'll pay me 10. That is what it's like in real life when you are out of the rat race, because you first of all, got time to think, you're taught how to think. All of a sudden, opportunities start to come that were probably in front of you the whole time, but you weren't seeing them, weren't recognizing them and stuff like that. So the premise is in 90 days, you'll understand the strategy. I want you to get out of the rat race in the next 12 to 18 months so that those kind of uh, possibilities can open up for you. Now, to bring Fraser in, he is one of my students, started with me in 2019, and it's 2021 at and this recording. Just had a call with him the other day because I hadn't seen him for a while. And he's got 40 doors uh, now. Uh, and when I met him, I think he had like three houses. 40 doors now, primarily multifamily. He's found one investor who sold a tech company that's allocated $4 million to him. So he said, next year, Edna, I'm adding 100 doors to my portfolio. Yeah. And, you know, started out shy, unassuming, kind of introverted. And now he's just like grown into this like amazing person that and he's got more money than he has deals right now. And he, and how does that happen? It happens because, and, and he was fearful when he started. He was like, I don't know if I can do a multifamily. And now he's like two years later going, I'm buying a hundred doors next year. I got the fun. <laughs> You know, now I just have to find the deals. Um, But like everybody, you started with a few houses, didn't know the possibility, didn't even think about multifamily until he talked to me. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Took the course, took the training, applied it because that is a big difference. Not everybody applies it. And look at him now, you know, and he was a he used to work in a potash mine, you know, like construction worker type type deal. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's had he's had tremendous success. So great! It's amazing how like that first step of success drives the next one, and the next one, and then all of a sudden, now two years later, you're like, yeah, I'll pick up another hundred this year. You know, um, we've seen similar growth, and sometimes it's it's crazy to reflect. Like three years ago, I had three. Three and a half years ago, I had three houses, and here we are over eleven fifty units right now, multiple, you know, sixty something million dollars of of apartments, and uh, it's crazy because it happens fast if you're deliberate about it and you're pushing and and you're really goal oriented, and so um, that's great for him and great for you, and and uh, just for our listeners, I just want you guys to know, like, just 
get started, get some success. And the next deal, the first deal is not going to make you a, a multimillionaire and, and it's not probably going to be the best deal you do, but it gets you that confidence to get into the next one and the next one. And even if it's a slow go, you know, at some point you're going to hit a tipping point and, you know, you're going to have money coming after you and people are going to be bringing deals to you and people are going to want to work with you. And um, just, it's so, so important to just get that first first deal or first few deals done by whatever means necessary, you know, bring in the the coaches or the equity or the experience or whatever it is um, so that you get those deals done. Because as soon as you close, as soon as I closed my first 41 unit, it was a 40 unit deal. I turned into 41 syndicated it. I had investors that said, no, I don't want to get in the day I closed it. They called me and said, okay, now you're, now I know you're a closer. I'll invest in your next deal. You know, exactly. and they yeah. people just want to see that you, you could pull it off the first yeah, time around. Absolutely. I, I see that lots too. And and we've had instances where uh you know this the the investor saying, Yeah, I'm probably going to, and then other investors come along and say, Yeah, I'm in. And and then the other ones are going, Oh, what happened? Okay, yeah. I better get in next time. <laughs> you know, out. sorry. Yeah, we've had that too. So uh that's great. I love the 90 days to 5k philosophy and how you're helping uh, your students do that. So where where can uh, our audience find out more about you and about that that program that you have? Best ways to go to my website, which I don't know if you can see it behind me, but it's ednakeep.com. My email is edna at ednakeep.com. I'm also all over social media, so I'm pretty easy to find. And uh, I like people to kind of, you know, follow some of my stuff and just see if it's a fit. It's not a fit for everybody. I, I expect that when people sign up with me, they're going to buy a building this year. It's not just... I'm going to learn about it. No, mm-hmm. you're, you're coming to me, you're ready to take action or you're going to learn how to take action because uh, nothing happens till you take action. I always believe, you know, you can study till the cows come home. It's not till you're working on a live deal that you're really even going to know that you know what you know, because it's like going to school. I had a conversation with a nurse this morning. I said, was real life nursing different than classroom? Oh, night and day, you know? And, and that's what it's like when, when you own a real deal, right? Justin, like, you know, you can take all the training in the world, but it's not till you're forced to learn stuff like, Oh, that property manager is not working out for me. I got to get a new one that you really even understand what that all entails. So having somebody hold your hand and walk you through that process, I think is so very, very powerful. We wouldn't be where we were today if uh, if we hadn't hired coaches along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if any of you guys missed that, all of Edna's contact information will be on our website, truemultifamily.show, links, social, all that will be up there. Edna, before we go, question I ask everyone at the end of the show is, um, someone approaches you and your coach. So you're going to, you should have an, an easy answer for this, but Edna, you know, I've maybe done a few deals. I want to get into multifamily. What is your true multifamily tip for them to get started into multifamily investing? Uh, well, there's, there's a few things. So you have to have a mindset shift that it's possible. First of all, that was our first thing that it's possible. So understand that it is possible Get around like-minded people who are doing it, not just studying it, but doing it and hire a coach. You got to have a coach because it takes too long to learn all that stuff by yourself. And we've got contacts that most people don't even know or aren't even aware of, you know? Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. 
Um, I got a lot out of this. It's so great to to meet you finally here. And uh, thank, please come back and, and we'll do Absolutely. it again sometime. My pleasure. Right. Thanks so much for having me, Justin. Thanks, Edna. Thanks for listening to another episode. Check out our website at truemultifamily.show. And if you have an amazing story to tell, share it on our Facebook community and you might just be the next guest on the show. We're also on all other social networks. Just search True Multifamily.